Thank you for joining us on our LWCC podcast. Right now, you're going to hear a message from our senior pastor and founder of Living Word, Pastor Ruben Reyna. Let's jump into our word. seconds. Let his name be glorified. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Turn around, tell your neighbor, God's going to speak to you this morning. And after that, you may be seated. I love to come into the church and see Philip dancing away. And having done some competition with Cooper over here, I said, okay, what is this? The dance floor of what? Turn over to the book of Genesis, chapter 13. Just don't die on me, Phil. He's huffing and puffing. (laughs) He does it with all his heart. How many have Genesis, chapter 13, verse 14? And the Lord said unto Abram, after Lot has departed from him, lift up now thy eyes and look to the place where thou art northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed the dust of the earth, so that if any man number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. After rise and walk through the land to the length of it and in the breadth of it, and I will give it unto thee. What a powerful statement. I want to just minister a little bit here, not a little bit, a lot. <clears throat> and uh, we all need a vision, you know that. We all need a vision because God's called us now. This is where we have to understand that we have come into this kingdom because he's called us. So your sight must be set on the realities of God's kingdom. It's got to be set there. His kingdom is everything. It's nice to come to church because we can feel the glory of God. But the next thing is that his kingdom always has to be in front of us. All the time. Constantly. I remember starting to preach. I used to, I felt the calling. I didn't know what I was doing. I was going to Bible school at nighttime, working during the day. And I would go in back of the hacienda. We had a big, big place there. And I would go behind the garage. And there was a a lot of chickens there. And I I would start preaching to the chickens. I said, chickens, in the name of Jesus, get right right now. I started practicing preaching there to the chickens. Not an audience, but to the chickens. They had no response. They just acted like chickens. So that was encouraging to me because when I got behind the pulpit, I didn't know what to expect. I expected them to act like chickens, but they didn't. And I remember my first sermon, 
Out of everybody, only one person got saved. One person came up and gave his life to the Lord. And he passed away, but he served the Lord for years. But he passed away, but one soul. And he became a person that constantly was looking towards the kingdom. And that's what we need to do, is constantly have the reality of the kingdom of God inside of our minds. Because if we do that, then God can focus our minds. God can control our minds. God can shape our minds, our thinking, the way we talk, the way we act, because now we're aware of His kingdom. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the kingdom is here, but you and I need to practice living in the kingdom. We can no longer live the way we used to live. If you're really sincere with God, you want everything that God has for you. So you have to restrain yourself. I am here to serve God. I am here to love God. And wherever I go, I'm going to acknowledge the kingdom of God. And I'm going to behave the way God wants me to behave. And I'm going to become what God wants me to become. And when you come into that mind frame inside of your mind, all of a sudden, everything starts changing for you. Because God loves the individual. Nobody is the same. You can look around, some people have more hair than other people. You can look around and some are a little heavier than other people. You can look around and some people, you know, just can't see too well. But, you know, we're all together. Then that's a reality. So we're all together. Look around you. Look at, look at us. Man, oh, man. I see so many faces here. I say, thank you, Jesus. We have all nations here. All nations. And it's beautiful because that's the reality of the kingdom of God, the reality of the kingdom of God. But if you and I need to go further than that, we need to expect God to come and talk to us. God will talk to you. God will do something supernatural in your life that will blow your mind completely. I remember sitting in a service just like this, and I remember Pastor Mitchell preaching. I was young in the Lord. I was a young pastor. And I, I always felt that he had a good word, and he was preaching, and I'll never forget. I was sitting right in the middle there, and all I felt was, as he was speaking, he didn't even know it, there was like a harpoon that just came into my soul, vroom, and turned my soul inside out, and then put it back in there. And then I heard the voice of God say, I want you to preach, I want you to send more churches out, I want you to Get this vision, and I want you to run with it. Hallelujah. And uh, Stella would say, Stella said, what happened to you? I said, God just did something supernatural. What Pastor Mitchell was talking, something good took place. And from there on, I haven't stopped. I haven't stopped because time is short. Time is short. The other vision that I had was, when we had the first Victory Outreach Conference, I was helping Sonny, and, and Mitchell was coming to do that conference, and I was fasting for seven days, and as I was in my room, in that dream, I saw a big angel come and set his feet on the water and one on the sand, and he was tall, and he had a pair of balances. And then I heard his loud voice. I don't know if it was his, I don't know where it came from, but all, I, all he said, we're, we're running out of time. And that was back in 76. 
looking forward now, I know, I know what is taking place now. We are living in the last days. We are living in the last days, but as we're living in the last days, he said these words, I will pour out my spirit among all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your sons shall dream dreams. The old man shall dream dreams. So the good thing is that we're living in these last days. And you and I ought to be excited because God touched us. God set us free. God's moving upon us. God's doing something supernatural. God is not stopping. And the other glorious thing is that we're seeing our kids grow up in church. We're seeing our kids do something for God. We're not out in the streets. Hallelujah. Why? Because you decided to keep the kingdom of God in your mind. The reality of the kingdom of God. Kingdom minded. We no longer think the way we used to think. Yeah, we drive our cars. Yeah, we go to work. Yeah, we do what we need to do. But our minds are renewed every single day because of the kingdom of God that's inside of you. That's inside of you. So you need a vision. Tell your neighbor, you need a vision, neighbor. Say it louder because he might be deaf. You need a vision. Sometimes we just got to quicken somebody. How many here have ever been asleep and your wife comes over there and just quick and she wake up? And you look at her, what, what? Give me a kiss. So sometimes God has to stir us up. Sometimes we just see our problems every single day. We just see our problems. That's all we see. We hear the bills coming out of the drawers. Come on, pay me, pay me, do this. And we see all our problems. That's all we see. Problems, problems, problems. We don't have the kingdom of God. If we had the kingdom of God, we would lock up ourselves and go into that closet and get a hold of God and say, I'm going to stop talking this negative stuff. And I'm going to believe God that God will provide. If he provided this far, how much more can he do? When you have a vision of God, the limits are gone. There is no limits. Your flesh will put limits. The devil will put limits. The people will say negative things. But you need to hold on and not say negative things and say, Hey, if Sarah can have a baby at the age of 90, what makes you think that God can use me? Come on, say it with me. Get rid of your negative thoughts. Shake it off. In the name of Jesus, renew my mind. I believe that you're going to bless me. In the middle of my problems, I will prosper in Jesus' name. Yeah, 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 yeah. You cannot limit yourself as a man. You cannot limit. You're the man. How many men do we have here? How many women do we have here? Come on, Vatos. How many men do we have here? You guys sounded like this. Bow wow. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. You need, to, you need to take the limits that you have in your heart and your mind. Don't you dare pay attention to people. 
Don't you dare pay attention to yourself. You better pay attention to God. And if you ain't got anything good to say, do not say it. Do not say it. You got to say what God says. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me daily. You got to stand up. You got to put yourself in a position and you got to roar like a lion, not like a pussycat, like a lion. You got to roar. How many men do we have here today? How many ladies do we have here today? We're here. We're even now. <laughs> so we have, <laughs> we have <laughs> your vision has no limits. Amen. What did God tell Abraham? Walk to the, to the east, to the west, to the north and south. Wherever your eyes go, that's how far I'm going to take you. And even beyond that. So we need to get, we're like the Austrians sometimes. You dig a hole and you put your head in that hole. And meanwhile, your butt is showing. (laughs) Need to take your head out of that hole and look up and say, you know what? I got a vision from God and his name is Jesus. He released His power upon me. He's making me into an effective person. I am not going to doubt what he says, but I'm going to accomplish what he says. And what he says, it's true. It's true. Because God does not lie. And I can tell you by by experience, he's never failed me. Since I got saved, he's never failed me. When I decided to think in the kingdom, to act towards that vision, to speak towards that vision, he's never failed me. Did did I say negative things? Yeah, I was learning, but I learned to fight all the way through regardless of how I felt. You cannot pay attention. Listen to me. You cannot pay attention to yourself. Your worst enemy is you. Watch what comes out of your mouth. If you can take it to prayer, tell the Lord about it. Tell him every single thing. Don't come out of that closet until you get rid of it out of your soul. And say, I know that my Redeemer liveth. And he will accomplish everything that is put inside of my heart. Why, why, why do I say that? Because I said, I did those things. And I had to deal with myself. That I will align myself with the vision of God and not with my feelings. Hallelujah. And all the men of God made mistakes when they listened to their feelings. Amen. Don't forget, we have a fallen nature The fallen nature, the flesh, is very negative, especially when it comes to the things of God. So you got the devil, you got the world, and you got the flesh against you. And then you got the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit against them. And he always wins. He always wins. So you need to see yourself the way God sees you. God sees you perfect. God sees you pure. God sees the blood of Jesus all over you. 
all over you. You're washed in the blood. That's why the devil hates you. That's why he's trying to stop you. That's why he doesn't want you to go any further. But you got to say, hey, the blood of Jesus is all over me. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And if I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, I will not shut up. I'm going to accomplish what God said. And that's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. So you got to see yourself as this visionary that sees what God sees. You got to see yourself that way. You need to get a hold of yourself and plant yourself on your knees and get rid of the old man. You know, the old man, the, the reason why they called him an old man, the, the Romans times, when, they, when somebody killed a man, they would tie him around his back. And this guy had to walk until the old man that he killed would rot. While he was walking, it was rotting. That's why Paul calls it the old man. It was rotting. So everybody would see who you killed. But meanwhile, he was smelling it. Meanwhile, he was smelling the rotting flesh. And then he started feeling the skeleton. Then they would remove it from him. That is the old man. The old man's always hitting you, talking to you. But pretty soon he's going to lose his power. Because the Holy Spirit is greater than a ton of bones, than a ton of flesh. Don't pay attention to your flesh. Tell your neighbor, do not pay attention to yourself. Now tell the other one, do not pay attention to yourself. The biggest battle, have you ever seen yourself, you're talking to yourself? Instead of praying, you're talking to yourself. How many have done that? I've done that. I feel like I've got two people in my brain, you know. And I have to give myself to Jesus. I can't afford to hear all those darn voices. Oh, this is getting good. I'm making up notes as I go. Abraham, all of a sudden, God appeared to him. First of all, he says, get out of, get out of your Iran. Get out of there. I'm going to show you a, a place where I want you. And he took him. He obeyed. That was number one. But then he made up with him. He says, now I'm going to reward you more because you have not been occupying yourself with Lot's success. Because it says that Lot had more than, than him almost. But he wasn't occupying with that. He was literally walking in the vision. Walking in the vision. While he was prospering, he knew that God was going to do something one of these days. And all of a sudden, God said, let him go. Let him go. And he let him go. Easy. Easy. Because when you are following the voice of God, you let things go easy. You don't cry. You don't, you don't, you know, you're not like the Yorana everywhere. You, you just give it up. We're done. We're done. God says we're done. And it's over. And the minute he said that, God appeared to him and says, everything that you see, wherever you look at, that's how much I'm going to bless you. Like the sands of the sea, the seashore. So, come on. You have a rich inheritance. Let me say it again. You are sons of Abraham. Yes. Father Abraham had many sons. Had many sons had Father Abraham. 
and I am one, and so are you. And we keep marching on. And, okay. So we are sons of Abraham. You are daughters of Sister Abraham. Sarah. Sarah. Sarah was bad. When I say bad, good. She was great. But she had to learn her lessons too. I can't get pregnant. Oh, yes, you can. If I say it, you're going to get pregnant. And all of a sudden, she got pregnant. 90 years old. Can you imagine walking around, sisters? You're wrinkled and everything. The makeup is not working. The hair is white. The hair is white. And she's walking with a big belly. And Abraham is walking like a rooster. Yeah. God did it. Hallelujah. God used me again. Hallelujah. And she's got this big old smile. She probably wondered, man, what am I doing at 90 and carrying the promise? Some of you ladies are Holy Ghost pregnant. Let me say it again. You're pregnant. You're pregnant spiritually because the best is yet to come. You're going to kick the devil right on his forehead. You're going to beat the heck out of him. You're going to stand up on top of him. You're going to get the sword and cut off his neck and say, God said it and I did it. Feels like altar call time. So he was not occupying himself with Lot. He constantly trained himself to keep his mind on God and keep the vision right before him because God was about to do something different. God was about to gift him, give him insight like he'd never seen in his entire life. And most of all, he had a praying life that will constantly being blessed by that praying life. Listen, you're a praying person. You're, you're like a jukebox. When God hits that button, he knows exactly that he could use you. And that record player will set up the prayer that God wants you to say. Why? Because he knows what he's doing inside of you. He knows what he's doing. Because you are a different person. You're a different, you're a royal generation. A holy priesthood. So you are special. Say it with me. I am special. Say it louder, lady. I am special. Say it louder, man. I am special. That's the way we live. When we voice it, something breaks. The, the airs break. The enemy is dethroned from the air. The spirit of the air. That's why you see all those little witches and everything, and they're, they're flying through the air. The demons are flying through the air. The spirit of the air, you've got to bring it down by our confession. The blood of Jesus has power. In the name of Jesus, you cannot put any thoughts in me because I am well covered by the blood of the Lamb. So you ladies need a vision of your husband. You're the key to the man. I remember Stella used to see me broken, practically all messed up. And she would tell me, what is it? I said, don't tell me nothing right now because I am going through it and there's nothing you could do but one thing, pray for me, pray for me. 
And once I came out of it, she looked at me and says, you're different now. Yeah, God took out something that he didn't want and put something else to replace it. And that's what he does. So you ladies are powerful when you can use your voice towards that husband of yours. Get your spiritual pump. Come on now. Get your spiritual pump and pump that wheel. I am pumping him with faith. I am pumping him with, with fire. I am pumping him with the glory of God. I am just pumping him until he comes out of that whole thing that he's in. So you have power, ladies. You either become negative or you just get out of the way and say, God, you're in charge of my husband. You're in charge of my husband. <laughs> you see, you have gifts that haven't been shown yet. You have talents that they haven't come out yet. But they're about to. But wives, you have to be sensitive when the man is doing what he needs to do for God. Amen. Get out of the way. Yeah. And whatever you want to say that's negative, do not say it. <laughs> Tell the Lord, put three locks in my mouth. <laughs> Bring some discipline in my life so I won't say something that's going to destroy him. Hmm. Now let's go to the man. Sometimes a man thinks that he's Mr. Special. That he is gifted and that he's above every single thing. And he is gifted. And he is above everything. But if he's mistreating you, he's messing up his blessing. I used to go buy things to Stella. Beautiful things, expensive things. And she said, take them back. <laughs> Why? Don't you know I love you? They're too expensive. And then she said these words. I don't want to set the wrong example to the people that we're ministering to. So I took them back. I had more money. Hallelujah. <laughs> that was the best deal I ever got. <laughs> See, a, a, a man is, is, you're not God's gift to that woman. You know, you're not that, you know, in a wrong way that you're superior to that woman. There's no such thing as being superior to that woman. That woman is real sensitive. You better treat her like she's fine jewelry, like a glass, like a glass. What do you call those, those crystal glasses where you just go ping? But you don't, you don't use those glasses too, too often, but you got them in the shelf. That's how delicate she is. You need to treat that lady with the most respect and with the most beautiful words to edify. The key is, this, here's the key, man. When she comes to you, she's not just coming to you just to talk to you. If she's coming friendly to you and she's just, you know, using little things to get your attention, give her her fix. Give her a kiss. Give her a Frenchie. 
Oh, no, no, come on. Some of you don't even know what a French is, so it doesn't matter. Once a woman feels that she's wanted and that she's cared for and that you give her a kiss and give her her fix, even if it's a little kiss in the morning, and you smile at her and you say, man, you're the best. I got to go. She's happy all the rest of the time because you just gave her what she needed. Just a little kiss. Before you were a lover boy, now... What happened to the romance at Pepe Le Pew? What, what happened to all that? <laughs> My little cornflake. What happened to that? <laughs> what happened to that, huh? Where, where, where's that little romance now? And then if you want to go further, just rub her feet at night. Just get some oil, rub her feet. No, she'll sing like a bird. It's just a sign of love. It's not... You know, all that we think of. It's just the little things that mean a lot to the woman. How did I get off on that? It was just really great. Yeah, yeah. So, hallelujah. I'm trying to find my place here. Yeah. So, so you need to adjust yourself because God uses a man and a woman. That's why he hits you so hard. Because he knows that the man and the woman are designed to accomplish God's will. God's will. And if you're a single man, don't be offended. God will give you a rib sooner or later. Or God will give you a girl whenever it comes. But God can still use you in every single thing. But we got to be kingdom-minded all the time. Kingdom-minded all the way. Because God wants to give us a vision not only for our homes, but out of our homes flow the vision to the world. Because there's got to be a model that the world can see that the Lord does something different with a person, with a man and a wife, that they do something different because you are an example to them. And they admire the example because of everything that you show of how you're supposed to act. So, the most valuable thing you have if you're married is that woman that God gave you. Regardless of how many times she gets you mad, that's the one. And uh, regardless of how tonto the man gets, that's the one. But you have to unite forces and understand that God picked you up together. And that that man is not an impossible case. God can change him. God can change him. God can change him. Yeah. Hallelujah. And I'll move on. So... We have to learn that there's a stream that comes out of you. And not only that, that's when a church is born. As the family goes, so does the church. When you have good fruit and your family is good, serving the Lord, you have good fruit and some of them are demon-possessed still, God will touch them. Don't you worry. You just do what God wants you to do and God will take care of them and bring them at the time. And you never know that the minute you go out, the minute you do God's ministry, They'll probably show up and say, Dad, here I am to help you. They'll come to Mom. Here I am, Mom, to help you. Why? Because that is the vehicle that God uses to start something that's going to last. Abraham, we still talk, to him, talk about him because he lasted. Lasted till the end of his ministry. So this is a sacrifice. 
Say it with me, sacrifice. In other words, a sacrifice is not cheap when you're giving yourself to the will of God. And freely you're giving yourself. The reason why we're here because of the sacrifice that Jesus gave himself on the cross. Can you imagine the blood of Jesus that's on us now to become those sacrifices? Then God begins to move. But sometimes we are not kingdom minded. We have to be kingdom minded. When I think about all the kids that have come out of this church doing so well because of their mom and dad, that means a lot. That means we gave the devil a big old black eye in the name of Jesus. We knocked him out. Because now there's five of us, there's six of us, there's seven of us doing the same thing. So that, I had to say that. So the world is hungry for the gospel that is demonstrated in a person's life. They might not read their Bible, but they're reading you. They're reading you. They're checking you out from, from, from the bottom to the top of your head. They're checking you out because you're the Bible moving around. You're just not saying you're a Christian. You're living being a Christian. You're an open epistle, read of every single man. You are read of man. You carry authority. Say it with me. I carry authority. Say it again. I carry authority. Again, louder. I carry authority. That means that when you walk somewhere and you're Holy Ghost filled, all the devil's got to move aside. Why? You don't have to say nothing. It's what's inside of you that will say it for them. Because the Spirit of God speaks. The Spirit of God prophesies. The Spirit of God rebukes. You don't have to say anything because you're walking right and He is rebuking everything around you. Rebuking everything around you. You need a vision. You need a vision of yourself and demonstrate the kingdom on the earth. Yes. You need it. Hallelujah. Are you agreeing with me? Lift up your hand if you agree with me. Yeah. Because it's important to understand what you carry. You carry the third person of the Trinity. Come on. That's a lot. But we don't think that way. We're carrying the third person of the Trinity inside of us. That's why we're being changed, transformed completely. We don't do what we used to do. There is something supernatural there that is inside of us. And he does the work through us. He needs a person. Just like the demon-possessed people are demon-possessed to accomplish evil. How much more the children of God? How much more the children of God? So, and the Lord said to Abraham, again, wow, that voice. And the Lord said to Abraham in verse 14, I'm going to do something brand new with you. I am going to bless you. Let me tell you something. God speaks to you. And this is, this is, this is something we don't think. Out of this pulpit, God speaks to you. He uses a man. Amen. Sometimes I don't even know what's going on and they tell me what's going on and I blow my mind like, what? Why? Because God uses a man to speak his word to accomplish what he needs to accomplish in a person, in a couple, in a child because God uses a man. God uses a woman. And we don't value that. We need to come back to valuing that. Now I'm not saying that you need to act, uh, treat the man of God so special. No, I'm saying just value because one of these days, I'm going to be gone. And you're going to remember, you're going to cry for me. I'm going to tell you, stop crying to you, and I'm in heaven. 
But you need to value whoever gets behind the pulpit because we're very valuable and we're becoming rare. The devil wants to knock us out. The devil wants to knock out the preachers. He wants to get rid of all of us. All the prophets, everything. He wants to get rid of from the beginning of time till now. But hallelujah, we're going to have revival in the house of God. We're going to see the power of God made manifested. We're going to see in the last days like we've never seen what God wants to do. How many men do I have here that want to do something for God? How many ladies do we have here? Yeah. Woo. Got some power. Behind this pulpit, a lot of things take place. A lot of things. And we respect that. And we don't want that to go away. Because it's the very thing that makes a woman and a man who they supposed to be through the speaking of his word. We need them. So we need a vision, not a wild imagination. A solid vision, not a wild imagination. Come here, sister. Amanda, come here. Lift up your hands to me. Stand right there. I won't tell you what the Lord told me in my office while I was praying. I wasn't even praying for you. But this is what the Lord said. That you are maturing in the Lord. You're having struggles. Sometimes you can't even hold yourself. And you're tripping within yourself. And God said, hey, I got you covered. I'm changing you inch by inch. Pretty soon it'll be miles that I'll be changing you. I'll be running right into your soul and reconstructing every single thing that you are. And don't you worry about your kids. They're the apple of my eye. And I'm going to do something supernatural in their lives. But you need to look up and you need to see the change and you need to answer the call to the change that God is doing inside of you. You need to say, not my will, but your will be done. You need to align yourself to this kingdom of God that God is calling you out by name to accomplish greater things. And this woman of God that he's making is going to be a powerful lady. You're not even going to understand it. it this thing is going to jump you. And when it jumps you, the rest of the ugly stuff is going to leave. And you're going to say, wow, what just happened to me like everybody else that says it. Receive what I'm telling you. Receive it because it's running right into your soul. Don't you dare. Don't you dare turn away. Just give yourself as a living sacrifice to the Lord. Be obedient to him. Father, thank you. Thank you for this wonderful girl, Lord. Thank you for everything that you're doing. Thank you that she hasn't quit. Oh, she hasn't quit. She, the devil tried to get her, but you did not allow it, Father. I thank you now for all your angels around her. I thank you for the supernatural power that works inside of her. In the name of Jesus, I thank you now. Keep her kids now. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a clap. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> you need to cooperate with God like Abraham did. He cooperated with God. And when he cooperated with God is when he saw the miracles. How many know that God 
deals with us individually and we have to cooperate with him because if we don't cooperate with him, we lose out on the blessing. And we have to be sensitive. Get your stubborn spirit out of the way. Get stupidity out of your brain. You don't know it all. You're a fool. You don't know nothing. You don't know nothing. You don't even know half of this earth. I don't even know half of this earth. Not flowing everywhere, everywhere around here. But I don't even know it. We will never know it, but he knows everything. So why not just cooperate and align yourself with God? You know the things that he's been dealing with you? If I tell you right now, the things that God's been dealing with you, over and over they come to you. You think that's not God? Because it's going to turn out to be good? It's going to be good fruit? Cooperate. Give yourself. Give yourself. Give your will over and just change it. Dive into it. Don't be resistant. No, I can't do it. Do it. You can do it. If you do it, he'll do it for you. And you know the struggles. You know the struggles and you know the lies. And you know how much the enemies fought you. But also, God also wants to be king over your life. He's the only one that could do it. Or otherwise, here's the biggest word. You're going to be very frustrated in your Christianity. It's going to be like sandpaper rubbing you until you surrender. Surrender. Don't, don't go like the Israelites. They could have been there in seven days. They went around 40 days. 40 years, I'm sorry. 40 years. You know how it is. Get yourself together. He wants you. He wants you. Somebody will say, how scary. Yeah, it's scary. It's a frightful thing to give yourself to God. But God can do it. Some of you, God's asking for a lot more. I'm going to read a scripture. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Not as though I had already obtained, either was already perfect, but I follow after, is that by any apprehension that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before me. I press towards the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Said, I'm not perfect yet. But I'm pressing, baby. I am pressing. I am forcing myself. I am accomplishing it step by step until I get to where he wants me to be. Stand with me, would you? Hallelujah. As the musicians come up, or maybe you're going to do an altar call, it's okay. So every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Heavenly Father, I thank you for our church. I thank you for your glory. I thank you for every person that has walked in. I pray that you will touch my brothers, you will touch my sisters. I pray that you will touch those, Father, that don't even know you. 
But those that know you, I pray that you will just constantly, constantly reach out to them. Constantly affect them, Lord. Little by little. You know how gracious you are. You're an amazing God, Father. I just pray for everybody in this building. Pray your touch upon everybody. Pray that you embrace them, Lord. That the love of Jesus will be all over them, Father. In the name of Jesus, just keep your eyes closed. Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor Ruben, I'm a Christian and I just felt like God just dealt with me. Would you just lift up your hand and say, you know what, God dealt with me in a lot of areas that I needed. I needed to be touched in those areas. I needed to be reminded of those areas. You can put them down. Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, you know what? I need the Lord inside of my heart. I need the Lord. Maybe you're a backslider. You come in, listen to me. I know you're tired and God loves you. I know your struggles, but God loves you. And you're in the right place with the people that love people. Maybe you're here and you're struggling with that. Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I know that I'm a sinner, but I can't get rid of my sin. Well, that's what I'm talking about. None of us, none of us, none of us can do it on our own. We need to give ourselves to Jesus. And if you're here and you say, Pastor, I need Jesus in my life. Listen, I want you to say a prayer with me to accept Jesus in your heart. And if you're here, backslider, or if you're here that you don't know Jesus, I want to lead you in the same prayer. So if you're here, I would just want you to lift up your hand and acknowledge me. You know what? I, that person, God bless you back there. Come on, lift it up high where I can see it. Yeah, thank you, my brother. Thank you, thank you. Every head bowed. Thank you, sis. Thank you. I want you to say this prayer with me. That's not where you're standing. Say with me, in the name of Jesus, Lord Father, I need you in my life. But most of all, I need salvation. Holy Spirit, forgive me of all my sins. Right now, I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Touch me, Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, embrace me. Fill me now with your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. So...